Live from the Coachella Valley, time for another hour of the desert scene. Art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is the Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And we are back with the Culture Corner, and now we've got some guests this hour, and we're starting out with uh, my buddy Clifford Brett Bell, who is an amazing, he's a wonderful cabaret producer, director, and also a fabulous performer in his, in his own right. Hey, Clifford, how are you? Hey, Bonnie. I'm so happy to be talking to you. Yeah, so a couple things to talk about. First of all, you just, just finished your um, this sort of uh, online, virtual, if you were online. Our name is Barbara uh, Benefit for Project Angel Food. Tell us about that. Well, it's something I've been doing for 23 years. This was my 23rd year. Uh, it started uh, 23 years ago when a bunch of friends got together in a living room and just for, for the, our own amusement one night sang Barbara Streisand songs for each other, and it mm-hmm. was the most fun I'd ever had. Mm-hmm. And so we've been, we started doing it in nightclubs for charity, and it's grown up to be this hugely popular thing. I was actually going to do part of it in palm springs last year but the um the pandemic shut us down yeah and uh, we weren't able to do anything last year but this year i got a running start on it and catalina jazz club which is one of the most prestigious clubs in la let us use their facility and we filmed live performances with no audience and put it online on youtube and it's been a big hit i mean uh we have i think it's almost 1200 views and it just ran it just launched a few days ago and so and, um, yeah anybody can find it at it's called our name is barbara 2021 you should be able to find it as a youtube link and so people they can also make d- donations is that correct yes uh the, all the money goes to an organization called project angel food which is in its 32nd year of being like one of the most beloved one of the most um favored charities in los angeles they deliver meals to people who are uh, critically ill. Mm-hmm. It started as an AIDS organization 32 years ago, but now it, it, it uh, services anyone uh, with any sort of life-threatening illness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they've really jumped into action with COVID. They, they were so impacted by COVID, you know, they had troubles keeping drivers together. And, yeah. uh, you know, the whole kitchen staff had to change. They ended up hiring chefs from all the restaurants that had gone out of business. They, you know, completely restaffed with, with chefs from closed restaurants. And, and I think they did a million meals last year with considering how many they added from um, COVID. Wow. Yeah. That- Extraordinary organization. In fact, my, my favorite little thing about a year ago, Easter weekend, guess who showed up knocking on the door just out of nowhere literally out of the blue and said hi we'd like to drive meals around for you today uh easter weekend prince harry and Meghan Markle. did they really wow yeah and they they did it on easter and they loved it so much they came back and did it two other days wow good for them good for them Yeah, they've gotten a little bad press lately, so that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, good to yeah, hear that they, they were, did. Yeah, they were amazing. And, you know, everybody like, well, do we call you the Duke and Duchess? And they, they're they like, oh, no, Harry and Meghan 
Carlos, Harry, and Megan. Oh, that's great. Super. Super nice, yeah. So then another thing that you've been doing, which I think is fabulous, are these uh, virtually yours, live entertainment in your home. So tell us about this project. Well, I'm really excited because you and I just hooked up that uh, hopefully you're going to come to L.A. and do our next one. I would love to. I would love to. Uh, Yeah, it it got started about six months into the pandemic. um, One of my favorite pianists and friends, uh, Michael Collum, called me and said, I'm going completely stir-crazy. I can't go this long without making music. And we had all been so isolated and nobody had been able to do literally anything. Mm -hmm. And he said, there's just got to be some way we could do something. So he has a nice house and we we decided that it would be safe if we did something in his backyard. So we sort of pushed his grand piano out to a screen porch Mm -hmm. and uh, we had three or four people. We've done it. We've done, we filmed three of them so far. Two are already online. Mm-hmm. You can look them up under Virtually Yours with Michael Collum. And um, one of them is going to be released any day now. But I have um, um, unbelievably great singers uh, from like the cast of Broadway's Les Mis mm-hmm. and Broadway's Fiddler on the Roof and one of the original Harlettes who was a star on Hairspray on Broadway. I mean, amazing, amazing singers. And you, we just had a little backyard cabaret concert and it was and the neighbors would applaud. You'd, you'd hear the neighbors applaud after every song. And oh, that's stuff. great. And super fun. And so now, do you have um, a, th- a theme for each one, uh, the songs from a particular no, composer? No, really. It, it's funny. We were, Michael and I were laughing the other day because the first time we, we did attempt a theme, we filmed our last one on March 6th, and um, uh, we, it would, we made it a spring theme. So, like, it opens with it might as well be spring. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I have it filmed by, by my two favorite camera people. Uh, they're always filmed by my friend Mark Saltarelli, who's a very well-known musical, a uh, very well-known filmmaker, and um, Andrew Apple, who's a TV producer and does a lot of production work. Mm-hmm. And it, after we filmed this last concert on March 6th, Andrew got a very big TV job and has not been able to finish the final edit. So I, I was teasing Andrew the other day that like maybe we'll be able to release the spring episode by midwinter. <laughs> it's taking a lo- little longer than we expected it to, but it should be up any day now. So it's really great. Excellent, excellent. And what do you? Um, I always, and I know nobody has a crystal ball. I, I get that, but. Um, what is your gut feeling, at least in L.A., where you are, about, I mean, I know that here, here in the desert, there are, there are, live music is allowed with some distancing and limited number of people and all that kind of stuff. What are you seeing in L.A.? Do you, are you seeing it start to open up uh, on a better pace, better clip? Well, um, I believe that legally it's the end of June they're letting people start to do things inside, which okay. that, that'll be the first big change. But um, when I filmed my show the other day at Catalina's, uh, Catalina Jazz Club, uh, the manager there said, well, I'd like you to start booking things in July. Wow. Whether, you know, I'm sure they will do a a percentage booking. You know, it'll be like, it won't be capacity. Right, 50% or whatever, yeah. Yeah, something like that. But but Catalina's is quite large, Mm -hmm. and... um, uh, like it legally seats like 250 people, mm. even though, you know, we, we, 90 makes it feel full, but it's yeah. quite big. Yeah. So, um, 
So I will probably do something at Catalina. I know that places like Fine Signs at Patello's have done a few things like I did in terms of filming virtually. You know, they 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 produced a live show for cameras with no audience, and mm-hmm. then they, you know, show that. Yeah. But uh, as far as I know, live people are going to maybe start coming again in July. So I, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. And how I always like to ask over these last this last year or so, I've asked performers, what other than now you're doing stuff like this, which is great. But other than that, and before you got were able to even do this much, you know, musical pr- performance, how have you stayed sane during the pandemic? I like to, I like to ask that question of well, fellow performers. You're supposing that I have stayed sane. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that's a big supposition okay. right there. Yeah. Um, well, you know, yeah, I, I, I just automatically kicked into sort of a Zen acceptance of the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'll, uh, you know, frankly speaking, you know, I'm, I'm of the generation of people that most everybody I knew died of AIDS in the early 80s. You wow. know, my, my, my demographic of people were hit very hard by AIDS. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, the whole COVID experience was so reminiscent to me of AIDS that, um, you know, I took it very seriously right off the bat. I was mm-hmm. very careful right off the bat. I never put myself in any kind of risk ever. You know, I yeah. washed my hands. I wore my mask. I stayed home. I socially distanced. Yeah. And, uh you know, I just took it very, very, very seriously. And uh, to this day, I mean, I, I got vaccinated about a month and a half ago. I've gotten both vaccinations over three weeks ago. And that's been so liberating because yeah. I really, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm still careful. I still yeah. wear mask places. And, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, um, I, I mean, this might be a weird thing to say, but, I, you know, I had a little money that I, you know, so I haven't felt like nervous about losing my home or anything like that. Yeah, that but, helps. Um, but you know, I, uh, I I've spent 365 days watching television. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people did. Yeah, yeah. I've watched every movie ever made. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing that I one thing that I did that I'm sort of proud of it uh, is I lost a bunch of weight. Good for you. I, yeah, you know, I spent the first half of the pandemic eating everything in sight, yeah. you know, eating 20 meals a day. Yeah. And um, and I just finally said, I have to stop eating so much. Yeah. And when I kind of grabbed a hold of not overeating, I kind of just started losing weight. So I, we, I haven't seen you yet, but I've lost about 70 pounds. Good so. for you. That is great. I'm so glad to hear that. I mean, for your so for I your think, health, if nothing else, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, so, so, uh, so now I'm bored and hungry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I want to get in, make to, before we run out of time, I want to get this in. So if people want to see the Our Name is Barbara 2021 benefit for Project Angel Food, look for Our Name is Barbara 2021 on YouTube, and you can make donations. And then the first virtually yours, you said it's online or it's about to go online? No. Um, let, let me just add to our, yeah. our Name is Barbara 2021. If you want to make donations, you can make them at www.angelfood.org 
slash Barbara, okay. all lowercase, and that'll take you directly to a donation page okay. where you can also watch the video there. You okay. can link to it there. And then as far as virtually goes, yours goes, I, it has a page. It has a Facebook page, and it has a YouTube page. So it's called Virtually Yours with your host, Michael Collum, C-O-L-L-U-M. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a first episode that was in September of last year starring Charlo Crosley, who was uh, in Hairspray on Broadway and the movie Sister Act, and she was a re- one of the original Bette Midler Harlets. Wow. Uh-huh. And then uh, the second one was in October of last year, and it stars uh, Julie Garnier, who was in the touring company of Come From Away, and mm-hmm. she was in Les Mis on Broadway, and, yeah. and Rena Strober was in Les Mis on Broadway and Fiddler on the Roof. And then the newest one, which we filmed on March 6th, um, uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't Julie Garnier in the October one. It was Mary Bogue, who's right, a very popular right. performer in Los Angeles. And that one is up. Mary okay. Bogue is, is up. She's All right. a jazz singer that everybody loves. And then the new one is Julie Garnier and a guy named Alex Mohajer, who's an amazing singer and a woman that I've been working with out of San Diego named Katrina Aguilar, who's, okay. who's maybe, maybe 30-ish. And she's a, she's a, a girl a woman that was diagnosed with autism when she was young, and she's a fantastic singer, so she's you've, very, very interesting. You've and told me about she, her, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're running out of time. Clifford, so, so great to talk yeah. to you. I can't wait to see you. I'm going to come out to L.A. I'd love to do one of these. I want to get you back out in Palm Springs and work on a show together, but thank you so much, and congratulations on these things and on your weight loss. Good for you. I'm thank proud you, my of friend. You. I look forward to seeing you in person. All right. Thank you, Clifford Bell. He's fabulous. Thank you so much. We're going to be back with much more on the Culture Corner in just a bit. The curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment. From music to theater, films to fine art, it's The Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And we're back, and now we're going to do a little uh, This uh, Day in History with Brian. Oh, hey. So let's go ahead and do this. I, we had fun doing this last time, but on April 28th in 1995, it was the it is the first National Superhero Day. Wow. So okay. S- Superhero Day is somewhat... It, it's, it's actually this day that was agreed upon when a few um, employees from Marvel Comics interviewed a group of children and asked them what superpowers they would like to have. And so it became this sort of thing of... Let's go ahead and just make it a holiday or a little tiny day. So, like, they will go. So, for this, they take National Superhero Day to sort of be a time to celebrate firefighters, doctors, teachers, and more. So, if there's someone that you consider a real superhero, feel free to, like, pay tribute to them on April 28th, which happened. But, hey, always have a belated holiday. So, it was close. Okay. And then on April 28th, as well, it was Anne Margaret's birthday. How old is she? Like, I think, let's see. I think Anne Margaret 
that is actually her she, birthday, but I'm not sure. She's got to be 80. 80 certainly, 80 years old. 80, 80 okay. years old. And yeah. Margaret's birthday, another celebrity birthday on the 28th, is Carolyn Jones, who everyone knows as Morticia Adams on the yeah. Adams How old family. is she? No, she's, she's passed, passed away. away. She's okay. passed away. So I'm naming okay. some people, okay. even if they passed away. But right. Jay Leno, Jay Leno's birthday, Penelope Cruz, and Jessica Alba. Okay. And also... On 1973, Pink Floyd released had released the album uh, The Dark Side of the Moon on March 1st, 1973. However, it actually broke the record this week in 1973 for a 741-week um, week chart run at the top. Wow. That's a lot of weeks. Yes. Yeah. It actually sold over 45 million <gasps> copies of this album, wow. becoming one of the best-selling albums of all time worldwide. Wow. And then on April 29th, for the Hair the Musical mm-hmm. opened on Broadway. Mm. Have you ever seen Hair? I have not. I mean, I've heard the cast album and I know a lot of the songs, no, but never seen it, no. And in 1996, it ac- Rent opened on Broadway. Mm-hmm. So coincidentally, our last guest talked about the AIDS crisis. Rent is the musical that is most famous mm-hmm. to talk about, well, AIDS. Mm-hmm. And the person who composed it, died of AIDS unfortunately so they mm-hmm. never got to see the success of it and it closed on September 7th 2008 and during this week too um, during this day too in 1953 it is the first 3D television broadcast of a 3D television broadcast of the of an episode of Space Patrol that was shown in LA and what, what year was that? 1953 oh okay and let's go ahead and go over to April uh April 30th. Yeah. So Lou Gehring in, 19, in 1939 plays his final game. Wow. So Lou Gehring's, of course, because he had um, Lou Gehrig's disease. Lou Gehrig's yeah. disease and devastating. And Cloris Meachin would have had a birthday today. Mm-hmm. Same with Jill Clayburgh, uh, Kristen Dunst, Gal Gadot, who plays Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. A lot of wonderful artists have their birthday today. Mm-hmm. And as for... May 1st, Citizen Kane in 1941 actually was released. released. Wow. And funny enough, we actually have a story relating to Citizen Kane. So on Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes is this website that accumulates a percentage of how many critics like your movie as opposed to how many don't. Citizen Kane used to have 100% of critics loving it. Mm-hmm. But they published on that website a nine, an 80-year-old movie review of, well, that movie. Citizen Kane and it was really negative and so what had happened was that Citizen Kane dropped from being the 100% to now being at 98%. It is no longer the highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes and it turns out Paddington, the movie Paddington which is about a cute little stuffed uh, bear stuffed bear and has his, be, is now 100% beat out <laughs> Citizen Kane. Yes and That's it's, funny. and a lot of people have talked about how like Paddington beating uh, Rotten Tomatoes B number one is like a problem, but it actually turns out pa- uh, pa- uh, Paddington too. They just had this fun little gif where they had like Paddington stand with the tomato with a jo- with the cane symbol behind it, saying mm-hmm. that sort of indicating that they have taken over as the highest rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes. And a lot of people were mad. A lot of people were mad. A lot of film buffs and mm-hmm. like I'm one of those film buffs that I'm like. Just, just enjoy it. You know, it's just them being cute. Don't take it seriously. You know, uh, I mean, Citizen Kane is is very, it's an impressive movie. It's an impressive movie. I'll say that. But I had heard for so many years before I actually saw it. Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, you know, that's the best thing. 
and I was I was somewhat let down when I saw it. I was like, okay, it's good, but it's not the best movie I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that's what I was expecting. You know, I, I think it's you know people often call it the greatest movie of all time. I would say it's one of the one greatest. Of, yeah. I wouldn't say it's the greatest movie of all time, in my opinion. Now, mm-hmm. I would say if someone had told me it was the greatest movie, I would say, yeah, it is a good candidate for that. Yeah. But like, I would also think Casablanca, mm-hmm. Citizen Kane, Tokyo Gone Story. Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind, yeah. Tokyo Story. Yeah. Lawrence of Arabia, too. Like, yeah. I'm one of those people that I think it's o- it, it's going to get to that point where people may say it's overrated. And mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not overrated. It's just that I think we need to be careful about overselling it's that o- movie. Overhyped. I Overhy- think it's been overhyped. Yeah. Uh, yes. And yeah. so, like, a lot of people, they would even get mad at Paddington 2 beating it, even yeah. though the fact is that it's just... Even the Paddington 2 people don't think they made the greatest movie ever made. They'd probably, they're probably they just laughing at it. Yeah, so yeah, for yeah. them, it's that. But we have a guest coming on, yes, right? Yes, we do. Hank Plant, a veteran uh, journalist who is going to be um, moderating a conversation with former Senator Barbara Boxer in a virtual speaker series. We'll talk to him in just a bit. listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California, here's Brian and Bonnie. And we are back on The Culture Corner. Now we're joined by Hank Plant, a veteran journalist who is going to be moderating a conversation with former Senator Barbara Boxer in a virtual uh, speaker series that's coming up on Monday, May 3rd. Hi, Hank. How are you? I'm good, Bonnie and Brian. How are you doing? Good, good, good. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. So, um, first, let's let's talk about this conversation. I don't want to get into you uh, some of your background too, but so this is, this sounds like fun. A conversation with former Senator Barbara Boxer, who I'm sure is, always has a lot to say. A virtual speaker oh, yes. series, um, and you're moderating Monday, May third. So, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this particular project. Well, this is being sponsored by our local uh, United Nations chapter, and uh, they're a very active group, and they get heavy hitters like this, like Senator Boxer, and so I know uh, some of the folks involved in that, uh, and so they asked me to do it, and I've known Senator Boxer for, gee, I don't know, over three decades, so... uh, in fact, she even mentioned me in her most recent book. So we, we go back, and so I, I guess they thought I was a natural to do this. Oh, that's great. Super. All right, so let's go back. So you, um, American television reporter, newspaper columnist, uh, you're on air at NBC Palm Springs, past member mm-hmm. of the editorial board of the Desert Sun, winner of the yeah. George Foster Peabody Award and multiple Emmys, covered California yeah. for three decades for TV stations, San Francisco and L.A. So tell us, how did you, did you always know you wanted to be a journalist? Oh, no, not at all. You know, uh, Bonnie, I was uh, part of that 60s generation that wanted to change the world and Mm -hmm. make it a better place. And so uh, I moved to Washington, D.C. right after college. Uh, This was about 1970. And uh, I was applying for jobs on Capitol Hill. And I just this is a stroke of luck, Bonnie. I was just walking down the street past the Washington Post newspaper. And I thought, gee, I need a job. I don't have any money. And so I I thought, I wonder if I could do some kind of grunt work here. Mm -hmm. And I walked into the newsroom, and they hired me as a copy boy. Mm 
Wow. Uh, which is, uh, you know, uh, we're sorting the mail, answering the phones. It's like, uh, you know, Jimmy Olsen and Superman? Yes, yes. Uh, th- that that kind of a sidekick job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I stayed for two and a half years, and I fell in love with journalism. So I became a newspaper reporter in D.C., then a radio reporter, and then a television reporter. And I moved all over the country, and and then uh, including you know, working in L.A. and uh, San Francisco. And I was in San Francisco for 25 years with the CBS station, I was anchoring the news and then reporting on the news there. Wow, wow! And I'm looking, and I'm fr- I'm from DC actually. I've been out here in the uh, oh. Palm Springs for twenty some years, but I'm from DC originally. So I'm looking yeah. at some of the people that you've interviewed: um, Richard Nixon, Al Gore, Barack Obama, <laughs> yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Pretty impressive. So yeah. tell me, tell me, give me one or two that really stood out for you as sort of the highlights, or or if you or if you want to, some of the most difficult. That's up to you. But what, what stood out for you in some of your interviews? Oh, what a good question. You know, I love uh, Barack Obama. Oh, yeah. I mean, that guy lights up a room. Yeah. And uh, I was impressed with him. I met him when he was in the Senate. Mm. And I said to my photographer at the time, that guy is going places. Yeah. Um, uh, Nixon was, was difficult, uh, but he was gracious and he did uh, stop and, and he did talk with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to give him that much. Uh, George W. Bush, you'd never know it, he had, but he had a terrific sense of humor. He was very, very funny. Okay. Uh, and so was his wife, incidentally, Laura Bush. I was impressed with that. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, Carter is another sweetheart. I mean, that guy, he's, he is the real deal. As we can see, you know, look at what he's done since yeah. he's left office. Absolutely. He's just time building houses for yeah. the poor. At 90, uh, whatever he is, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and he did not go on to, to make a, a, a lot of money. It yeah. just wasn't important to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Schwarzenegger was a lot of fun. I didn't necessarily agree with his politics, but yeah. because of who he is, yeah. uh, he was a lot of fun to cover, uh, especially after a Succession of really dull governors, Greg mm-hmm. Davis and George Duke Major and Pete Wilson. Yeah. What about Dick Cheney? What was he like? You know, uh, Cheney was uh, mad at me uh, when I first interviewed him. Cheney, uh, I was the first one to ask him about his lesbian daughter. Oh. And he was ticked, and the wife was even more ticked. It was mm-hmm. on his airplane mm-hmm. when he was first running for vice president. And I and ordinarily I would not ask someone about their children. Mm-hmm. I think kids are off limits. But she was on the campaign. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, and so I just I had to ask him about it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we were on the, we were on the plane and we were shooting the TV interview. I said to my photographer, "Get ready. It'll be won't be the first question." Yeah. It'll be the last question. Mm-hmm. And so the interview was almost over, and I said to him, you know, I have to ask you, you are running on a platform that would uh, deprive your own daughter and her partner of protection and housing and employment mm-hmm. because of her sexual orientation. And he just looked at me, and the wife leaned over. She was on the other side of the aisle on the plane, and she stared. I thought the oxygen was going to come out of the room. Uh, she stared at me. And, and and then he kind of took a breath and he said, uh, well, my own daughter's life is private. And and I said, yeah, but what about that platform? And then he answered and he said, I don't believe in discrimination, which was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for him at that time. So I, I that's what Cheney was like uh, in, in my experience. I've interviewed him since then. And, yeah. what, what about Hillary Clinton? Oh, she's wonderful. You know, um, I've never understood why her warmth doesn't translate on camera. Mm -hmm. Uh, People perceived her as cold and calculating and Mm -hmm. edited. 
And I always found her to be really charming and warm um, and uh, extremely qualified. And uh, I think it was a shame what happened to her. She got three million, what was it, three million more votes than Trump got. Oh, oh, I know. Oh, I know. Uh, Yeah. but I, I liked her a lot. Hank, uh, Brian has a question for you. Well, it's not a question so much, yeah. but I actually wanted to bounce off what he said about Hillary Clinton because I've actually met her too. Like, I've actually met her, yeah. and I will say that I've always, I always liked her, right? Like, I admired her in 2008 when she ran against mm-hmm. Obama. I always thought she, there was something about her that really stood out yeah. to me, like, mm-hmm. like this person who had a brilliance to her. And so when I yeah. met her in person... I agree. Like I thought she was a warm, warm yeah. kind person, yeah. and I actually saw the Hillary Clinton uh, documentary uh, from last year, and they actually had a bunch of people say the exact same, same thing, thing. Yeah. that she's very yeah, likable one on one, but that for mm-hmm. some reason, because no matter how she's she presents herself, she would get scrutinized that she has to put up this wall. She and has to be tough. Yeah. You have to be tough on issues, so she had to be tough in certain instances. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I'll tell you what I think it is. I, she has been beaten up. Oh my gosh! Right. Ever since she was uh, the uh, uh, first lady of Arkansas, yeah. mm-hmm. and I think that you know you can only take so much of that before you start to shut down. And so yeah. you can kind of, when she's speaking in public, and if she's ask, asking, a, answering a question on television, you can see her mind is editing the answer mm-hmm. to make sure that it comes out right. Yeah. And uh, it's really unfortunate, but I think that she's been kind of forced into that position. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to, Brian, your experience, one-on-one. When, I mean, she was terrific and a great sense of humor. Yeah. And brilliant, incidentally. Oh, I think, yeah, she seems brilliant. I, I want to ask you, only because it's in it's in the PR that, that Jeff Hawker sent to me, and it says that you, one of the first, you are were one of the first openly gay TV reporters in the United States. What was that like yeah. for you? Uh, you know, uh, it was uh, kind of challenging in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think I was the first. There's another guy in Boston who we always have a friendly feud mm-hmm. over who was first. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Uh, it was, but I think it was the first. It was challenging in the beginning. I had bosses who did not like that mm-hmm. about me. But what I found is that your work will protect you. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, if you do good work, do good stories, make them proud, uh, make you know the ratings are good, then uh, it's all about business for the right. bosses. Uh, and so uh, they, they they were okay with it. Um, and, uh, you know, we founded, a bunch of us founded the National Lesbian and Gay Journalist Association back in the, I guess it was the late 80s, mm-hmm. uh, to help people like me who worked in the mainstream media, but lesbians and gays who uh, then wanted to be more comfortable in the newsroom and on camera, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. I think that helped us all a lot. Yeah. What would you say, what is your, has been your strength as a journalist? What do you think is one of your, your uh, the well, qualities that makes you good? It's what you and I were just talking about, which is a coming out Mm -hmm. made me a better reporter uh, because it just as it's made me a better person because it made me less fearful. Mm -hmm. You know, once you've kind of slain your demons. What do you have to be afraid of? Yeah. What do you have? So it's not a big deal for me to ask a candidate. Hey, are you stupid? Have you ever said that? You've not, have you ever said that to somebody? You know that, what? You know what? I kind of said that to George W. Bush. Oh my gosh! I, 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 I swear to God, I was interviewed. I have this on tape, uh, on video. Uh, we, we, he was running for office. I said we had, we did a nice interview, 
I said to him, look, I have to ask you this question. I don't mean any disrespect mm-hmm. by it, but there are people who think you're not bright enough to be president. What did he say? And he, he looked at me uh, with his expression like, are you kidding me? And then he, he paused, and so I had to fill in the space. I said, well, what would you say to them? Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he kind of stuttered, and he said, well, I would tell him come down to Texas and see the kind of job I did there as governor, and then we went on from there. But, you know, when you think about it, that's a pretty rude question. You're basically <laughs> asking somebody, are you, are are you stupid? stupid? Right, uh, right. Are you stupid? But, you know, but I'm telling you, I think being gay has given me the courage to act like that. But I've always been respectful mm-hmm. in my questions. Um, and uh, I think if you're respectful, you can ask people anything. Yeah. Who, 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 who would you have liked to interview, or maybe still could in the future? Who would you like to interview that you never got a chance to? Trump. Oh, really? Uh, oh my gosh. Sure, I would have loved it. I, I don't still know. Love it. Wow. So would you? Yeah. I mean, would yeah. you? I mean, would you try to call him on his and lying and that kind of thing? Both barrels. Both barrels. I'm famous for that. Okay. Uh, yeah, both girls. I, I would, I would, I would have. Uh, the, the key to a good interview with someone like that is you got to do your homework. Mm-hmm. You got to have your facts. Yeah. I always bring in notes. Mm-hmm. Bring in notes uh, and uh, think about what questions you're going to ask in what order ahead of time, uh, and then you got to just go with the flow. I would love to. Wow, yeah. he's gotten he's gotten away with murder with oh him. way too much stuff. Yeah, what, what sort yeah. of short? I want to try to get a short, shortest answer for about this. What do you think of the state of journalism today? I mean, we have all the twenty-four hour stations. Some people say some are biased, etc. What's your general opinion about journalism today? Well, it's it's I'm really it's heartbreaking because the number of uh, journalists has been cut. I think in half mm-hmm. in the past decade as newspapers. Closed, yeah, and with the consolidation of uh, broadcast uh, stations, uh, and so it's the number that bothers me. Think of all—I mean, when you get rid of all, you know, all these reporters, think of all the stories not getting covered. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's 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 a it's a shame. It's an absolute shame. I mean, uh, you know, the the only times used to have someone who only covered the courts in Sacramento, right. I mean, so, you know, we didn't, we didn't miss anything. But now that those jobs are all gone. Nobody's mm-hmm. keeping an eye on this. I had, Bonnie, I had a political consultant tell me, we love this. We love it. Okay. Because we can get away with anything. Real quick, here we're running out of time. So Hank Plant, he is the moderator for a conversation with former Senator Barbara Boxer moving forward in 2021. Virtual speaker series, May th- Monday, May 3rd, 4 p.m. Um, where can people see this? I guess you have to go to J- Hawker one okay. at gmail.com. Okay. Okay, great. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Hawker one, one at gmail.com. Gmail. Super. So nice to talk yeah. to you. What an, what an interesting guy. Thank, thank you so much, and best of luck with thank this in, interview. I think it's going to be great. Thank you so much. Hank Plant. All right. Thanks. We'll be back Thanks. with more on the Culture Corner in a bit. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian. 
And we're back on the Culture Corner. Just an addendum to that last interview. Um, if you would like to see the uh, virtual speaker series, a conversation with former Senator Barbara Boxer, moderated by Hank Plant, uh, Jeff Hawker wants me, us to tell you, you can call him, 760-409-1530, 760-409-1530, or go to Jeff Hawker, capital J, lowercase E-F-F-H-O-C-K-E-R, numeral one at gmail.com, and he will send you the Zoom link. All right, Brian, what else you got? Okay, so we have a lot to talk about, but let's focus on Broadway because Broadway's had some news. So Mayor Bill de Blasio has said that New York City can finally fully reopen on July 1st and that Broadway will soon to follow in September. So it turns out that... 36% 36% of New York City residents are now vaccinated according to the New York City Health Department. That's good. And so and be, and some of the shots have been given at the district at the theater district which is now open for, you know, reopening. So like it turns out that it, that September is more or less like a projection date because well that's when the season starts for a yeah. lot of these shows. And so a lot of shows have already had 2021 dates that are very specific, like Diana's coming back in December 1st after it debuts on Netflix, and The Music Man is coming back December 20th. Such a great show. That's such a great show. And I, I'm excited to see The Music Man, mm-hmm. and it's going to be with Hugh Jackman, I believe, and mm-hmm. so we're going to have a lot of... Gr- it, that's going to be great. I'm excited to uh, that's see. That's going to sell out, I'm yeah. sure. And they've also... They have... Some Broadway theaters have already started reopening their doors to one-off performances through the New York's... The, new, the NY Pop-Ups Initiative, which means that venues can pilot things on a smaller scale so that's what they can test out like well you know we have 20 people at this performance let's see if we can sell it out and or let's have a smaller show here Mm -hmm. it's a way to test it out so yeah i wanted to get your thoughts like do you think september is still too early or do you think that we've gotten enough people do you think enough people will be vaccinated well you know nobody has a crystal ball but i think it looks like we're going really well with vaccinations for the most part i mean you know joe biden wanted 100 million we have 200 million if it's if we stay at this pace with people getting vaccinated um i think it's certainly possible that we could be ready to do it by september i think keep our fingers crossed as long as if people if we stay at this pace of vaccination if more and more people get vaccinated you know and some of these other people you know get rid of these ridiculous memes in their head that you know it's not good for you or they're going to inject a microchip and follow you around or whatever the heck they think um if if enough people get vaccinated if we stay on course i think we might be okay by september i'm optimistic too i think that the 200 million vaccinations and i know it's not fully vaccinated but it is a good sign and i i certainly agree with that and i think that for me personally like I would love to believe September would be the ideal date mm-hmm. to open, but I think that a lot of the shows that are opening in December, I think they're the best bet to reopen. Mm-hmm. I certainly think that there is a way to have a Broadway show, like even in September, if things, you know, still aren't super optimistic, there are ways like wearing masks. It's like making small like, audience, wearing masks, social distance, whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, there are ways of doing it and yeah. even maybe finding a, and even having people like, come in and show vaccination cards there are ways of doing it absolutely so i definitely agree with that and i think that for me bill de Blasio having new york city reopen in july you know i'm still always going to be a little skeptical but Mm -hmm. because i feel like me and you have been trained to sort of want 
those goals to happen. We all want, everybody wants it. But then it's like, we're so skeptical because we've been told we're going to reopen and then. Yeah, we don't want to keep going forward and back and forward and back and forward and back. I I like to believe we're going to go forward from now on. And it's strangely enough around the same time that Los Angeles, that New York City, uh, not New York City, California is going to reopen. So hopefully by that point, we will see some more entertainment out here and Mm -hmm. we'll be able to have more conversations about that hopefully yeah and moving on to another piece of broadway news the great gatsby is being transformed into a broadway show well a second one mm-hmm. and it's going to be written by the people who did florence and the machine it's a band they've done a lot of like really interesting very earthly like music okay florence welch martin and matt jack and thomas barlett they're writing the Great Gatsby musical. Even if one's not familiar with it, I think the Great Gatsby would make a very interesting musical. It should musical. be very interesting, yeah. I think that for me, like, it'd be a very flamboyant show. I would leave it at that. I think with this crew, it might be either a flamboyant show. Pump, pump it up a little bit. <laughs> pump okay. it up a little bit. Um, but I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for this one. And producer Scott Rudin, who has been disgraced in we, we talked about him we talked yes. about him he's officially resigned from the broadway league good for him so smart move so the march on broadway actually did have it one of its goals accomplished pretty early on and so i think i think this is a good move i think i'm very happy about that because i think that when you've committed that much wrong in an industry there's no real place for you to keep getting celebrated and you know? I, my hope is that in, in his downtime, he gets some therapy. No, I, yeah, because you don't do that. You don't no. do that to people. He's you don't got sm- some issues. That's some anger yeah. issues, and I yeah. think that that actually gives a good question about a good topic about like how do we handle people that are that angry and that you know get them therapy. And I think that's the best way Absolutely. to do it, getting him some therapy. But in general. Uh, it's a good move so that would be our good news is that we that broadway's reopening great gatsby and you know what there's just i'm excited you know i'm excited for broadway to open up again and i'm just i think it's good that things are starting to look up a little bit for you and i uh, my observation for here in the desert because you know i did my little show runway you came we were far you know the stage was far away people spaced out it seems as though at least people in the desert are doing what they're supposed to do you know where everyone's excited about restaurants and uh, music and all that and it seems like people are following the rules and wearing masks when they need to and social distancing and all that good stuff so i'm just got my fingers crossed that people keep doing that and do that in other places because that is what is going to get us to where we want to go no i agree with you and i think that in new york city they're probably going to do really well because it as it turns out after their uh, last year it was really traumatizing for them horrifying i had a friend who lives there and she said that every day she heard she heard the ambulance but now things are looking up so i'm hoping that if new york city can be a good example then other places will be starting to look forward i saw though the other day i forget where i saw this i saw a map and you know with the the dots and the colors of where COVID is and california is doing really well right now our numbers are down are really down as a state which i I think is great you know and i think that i think that's really great in general because i think because california is the biggest state Mm -hmm. and we have people that travel i think it's important to have us fully vaccinated and be safe you know and also another thing is just i'm glad our community has still taken care of itself it seems like everyone is which is good because when we went when i went to your show it 
I felt safe. You know, that's the best way to put it. And that's what we're trying for. All right. Great show. Thank you, um, for Brian, for our Oscar rundown. And thank you to our guests, Clifford Bell and Hank Plant. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. And we'll see you next week. See you next week.